0: Welcome to Split, the After Ever After podcast. We're here along with other experts and real people with real stories to help you navigate life after separation. Whether you're newly separated or divorced and co-parenting, listen now for tips and advice on how to build a foundation for a more peaceful future. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Split, the After Ever After podcast. You are listening into uh, Jennifer Sanders Hello. <laughs> and myself, Ashley Wood. And today, um, it's just the two of us. Yeah. Which is kind of nice. Yeah, I like that too. Uh, we are talking about loyalty binds. So I did a, um, some content on Instagram uh, over the past week or so on this topic, and it generated a lot of comments and also a lot of questions. So we decided that we would talk a little bit about it today. I, I don't think it would be possible to do a deep dive in just yeah. one episode. So this will yeah. be a continuing conversation. And I know that we also um have some potential guests lined up to some other experts to come on and talk about this because it, it there's different layers to yeah. um this kind of situation yep So what I think might be helpful in case you missed the post that I did, uh, last week, um, and I would encourage you to go check that out on Instagram, but, um, to first just start off by talking about what the heck is a loyalty bind. Cause
1: I think it happens all the time, but people don't, most people wouldn't know the term of what it is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So basically a loyalty bind describes a situation, uh, where a child feels that they are unable to, love or be as connected to both of their parents so that in order to love and be connected to one parent they have to almost in a way reject the other parent or think that the other parent is bad or not as good as mom or dad whoever's on the other side yeah yep and this can be really problematic for (laughs) A whole host of reasons as i'm sure you can imagine as you're listening into this, but a few that I wrote down to talk about today would be um, stress and worry and anxiety for the child trying to please both of their parents, and um, I think it's important to say too that unless. um, There is like very. And a very extreme case of abuse like right. you know because i i hear sometimes clients saying like i am the better parent like they just they they take such a hard yes. stance in saying i am the better parent but your kid probably doesn't see it that way no, they no. they love both of you equally and want a relationship with both of you yeah. so anyways that can cause a lot of anxiety and pressure to choose a side essentially um and then they may also be confused about their parents worthiness. So if it's something that really negative that is being said about their other parent, they may begin to question, is this true? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's super confusing, right? We know that kids love their parents and, and want to spend time with them. Um, and I think what you just said just previous is so important that often, what we hear the parents uh, sort of nitpicking about or being upset about is something that the child they don't care (laughs) they would never exactly they would never even think about so we have started using this i think it was first in one of our other episodes i think with uh matthew pfeiffer of Mm -hmm. that differentiating between is it unacceptable um behavior or disagreeable behavior so we don't like it it bothers us so it's disagreeable um but that's very different of something that's unacceptable so something that's Mm -hmm. unsafe or you know not in the best interest of the child yeah
0: 100 um and then obviously this can cause a lot of conflict between the parents uh if your child comes to you and says mom or dad said x y and z about you
1: right
0: most parents will be very upset or hurt be highly emotionally reactive and then take action they want to assert the truth um and that's you know sometimes can look like the parent kind of coming at the child how could you how could you think that like you like you know all the things that i do for you um and then are also likely to send a ragey text email or get on the phone or call their lawyer um so and and then obviously there's going to be a lot of conflict there.
1: It's just an endless. And it made me think too, when you're thinking about that, I wonder too, like there's the obvious conflict that starts when the child then goes back and it gets brought up to the other parent, but how many kids again, because they want to keep their parents happy are just internalizing this stuff. Yeah. Right. And they're not talking about it, which in some ways is worse, mm-hmm. you know, and then maybe they're going with dad and thinking they're not safe or what if what mom said is true or, Vice versa, so yeah, problematic both ways.
0: And I will say, um, the one video that I put out, I talked about this because I experienced, um, my mom remarried, um, has been married three times. So as a about three year old, I experienced divorce, and then again as a preteen, mm-hmm. and my mom made very seemingly subtle comments about my stepdad saying like, I know you and your stepdad are so close. And I think it would really mean a lot to him if you called him dad. And when she told me that, it was fine in my brain at the time I remember this so clearly because I did love my stepdad and we did have a really great relationship and he was kind of like my dad yeah um and then I remember having this discussion with my biological dad later and he was devastated and you know I'm your dad and that's not true and then I didn't go back right away like you said and I didn't really talk about this with my mom because I just felt like wow I can't please anybody here this is terrible i'm not a good daughter um so
1: you just internalize yeah, it all it. Yeah. yeah so
0: and uh been in therapy for a long time <laughs> just kept on internalizing it. yeah yeah, yeah. so <laughs> learn from that
1: yes just pushing it right
0: down yeah yeah um so yeah i think that's probably an an probably enough negative impacts to cover um too yeah it's not good it's not good so another thing that we want to talk about would be the signs Mm
1: um
0: because one that is obvious well it's quite obvious is bad mouthing so if your child comes to you and says mom or dad said this or that then you know that your child is in this loyalty bind situation um but i've been reading a book by um dr amy baker and it's called uh, co-parenting with a toxic ex and she has done a lot of research on this topic and she said that there's actually eight signs of a loyalty conflict so I'm not going to go through all eight but I want to bring up two of the eight just to show that um you know this could be happening and you might not be aware that your child is right. experiencing all the negative impacts of um being in a loyalty conflict or a loyalty bind so the one would be a lack of ambivalence for the parent, so one parent is all good and the other parent is all bad which is pretty rare because like you know your kid may really like their teacher a lot but they'll probably say you know i don't like when they assign homework or good yeah
1: good analogy yeah it's very rare as fast as to yeah to a relationship good point
0: yeah so if it seems like your child is saying you know mom is all good and you are a piece of garbage then yeah. you have i mean you're gonna know that there's a there's a problem yeah. here but Palestine. that's a sign yeah. yeah um and then the other one she calls is the independent thinker phenomenon so this is where one where your child will come to you and make a complaint about you um and they will be really passionate and saying but the other parent had nothing to do with this this is all my idea like this is our this is um all my own beliefs this is has nothing to do with what they've said this is this is all on me but what they're saying it just doesn't match what you know a 10 year old might say or even a 13 or 14 year old it's not the language isn't right or it just sounds like something maybe your ex used to complain about to you during the marriage
1: got it yeah you can hear that yeah Yeah. (laughs) someone else's (laughs) voice is yeah is coming through there Mm -hmm. yeah
0: so um if this is happening i think we'd probably both strongly recommend that you speak with a divorce professional who specializes in this area and um, there are a few therapists Uh, if you're listening and you're in Ontario I can send you some referrals for therapists who specialize in handling these types of family dynamics and mm-hmm. can give you some really good tools, but we're going to talk about some tools and handling kind of the lighter side of this. Yeah. yeah, because
1: I think it can happen. It can be definitely still really insidious and cause long-term issues, but I see a lot of parents very well intentioned. So yeah. they're not doing the harsh, bad moathing thing, but they are doing things that unknowingly unbeknownst to them. They actually think they're doing good things. Yes. Yeah. Um, that are causing this so from the that's kind of what you see with um kids from Mm -hmm. the parent side when I hear parents talking about um you know well I've I've asked the kids and they say this or you know I'm going to let them decide or they've told me that they don't want to move out so they're going to be really upset with you if we don't get to keep the house Mm -hmm. and things like that that you can just sort of see um if you put yourself in that child's position yeah. how that's going to, you know, cause a loyalty bind but I really do when I try to bring this up with parents and we talk about it I find that they are really receptive to hearing it because they're okay. they're not meaning um, to necessarily cause uh a problem, like they think that they're do, especially when they're saying, "Well, I'm going to let the kids decide." They feel that that's under the guise of, you know, we have an open relationship and we talk about everything. Yeah, and I, you know, I in terms of like parenting time, them. right? Okay, yeah, in parenting time, or you know, they can say if they want to leave dad's house, then you know, I'll come get them or like things like that.
0: So if that's happening in a mediation session, mm-hmm. how like how would you walk people through that to kind of help just widen the lens maybe a bit so yeah Yeah.
1: sometimes i ask them um you know how do you think that makes your kids feel when you ask them that Mm, or you know what do they say when you ask them about that um and just try to yeah usually we sort of get to the point where we're seeing like oh hey that's a lot of stress Mm -hmm. to put on a kid yeah and anyway they're not gonna win like automatically if you say well you can let me know if you want to come home from dad's house like let's use that as an example Mm -hmm. Um, or if you don't want to go this weekend it's your choice honey like you get to say there's no right answer there. Yeah. Right? They don't win if either they, way. They don't win. Yeah. If they say, well, actually I do want to go to daddy's house. Then they feel mom's like disappointed. Yeah, Exactly. And vice versa. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, don't want to go to daddy's house. Then they're going to be upset. Uh, worried about what daddy's going to think and upsetting daddy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we usually just try to look at things from their perspective. And I think once parents can see that and see, okay, ongoing, mm-hmm. that's, not going to be a healthy place um and as a mediator it is my job especially when there's young kids to represent what is in the best interest of the child. So Mm -hmm. that's when sometimes I will be a bit more directive to say, Hey guys, you know, we're dealing with a six-year-old here. We're not letting them decide the parenting schedule. Like that's, we're not doing that because we just know outright that is not, you know, in their best interest. So,
0: yeah. And I, I think, um, because I work with a lot of moms specifically, if dad and I, this is generalized, so I'm saying dad, but um you know dad hasn't been as involved and mom's just making this assumption that the child is going to want to be with mom more and will be better cared for if she's with mom like the majority of the time and then is making decisions based on that yes and that can be really problematic and it's really unfair to the other parent. I think sometimes people forget like, okay, yeah, you may have been doing the majority of the child rearing. And so I can understand where you're coming from. I can understand how you're feeling, but like maybe that's in in a lot of cases, that was a decision that was made jointly. Mm-hmm. So you have to respect that and also yeah. give the other parent an opportunity to step up.
1: And I think that's what it is. You give them the opportunity, right? Yeah. And if they don't take it or they abuse it or, You know there are problems and those are going to come out Mm -hmm. um but they have that that opportunity is theirs typically right again unless we're dealing with extending circumstances Mm -hmm. even legally that opportunity is going to be their right to spend time with their kids so yeah give them the opportunity to step up Mm -hmm.
0: So should we cover a couple of the questions then from from Instagram? Okay, cool. So, um, okay, the first one, um, can you really not ask what they did with the co-parent, as long as there's no criticism or my opinion, you know, is that okay? Mm -hmm. So I think we're probably, I know we're on the same page with Mm -hmm. this one, but just kind of my initial thoughts are, You know, what is your intention when you're asking this question? Because even if you're not um, trying to interrogate the child, but you're concerned about what's going on, or maybe you saw on their Instagram story that they were out with potentially a new boyfriend or girlfriend, and you're trying to dig for information, your kids are gonna pick up on that. Even if they're little, they will, they're, yeah, yeah, they have a BS detector that is very strong. So um, I would seriously consider what your intention is. Um, And then, you know, if it's, I wanna make sure my kid is okay. All right, well, that's a different question. And a lot of that can be done just with observation, I feel, right?
1: Well, and again, how many circumstances are you, if you're in a situation wondering if your child is safe yeah. coming home from the other parent's house, that's a different conversation right. I agree. It needs to be happening, right? Yeah. And so I think in almost all situations, there isn't a concern about safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, if there is, it's probably not the child you need to be talking to. Right? Exactly. No other, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. So I think, yeah, for me, um, I don't know that you need to because it is so hard to stay neutral, Mm -hmm. just avoiding the question, (laughs) you know, avoiding, yeah, yeah, having to ask them. I saw something, I don't want to take credit for this because I don't think I made this up. I think I saw it. We (laughs) consume so much now, I've lost track. um, That even not so much, you can send a message even not with your question, but with, um, the environment. So if every time your child comes back from Daddy's house, you know, hey, come sit by me on the couch. Let's have a nice snack. Tell me what you did. Yeah, and they're kind of getting this reward. Right? Yeah, this is a special time now. I'm gonna dish on Daddy. Yeah. Um. So you can even just be subtly sending messages that they get a reward. Yeah, that's for a great telling point. You, um, all of these things. Like mm-hmm. it's report time now. Um,
0: cause they're watching your reaction yeah. too, right? Well, that
1: was another, yeah. yeah. So if, if you say, you know, the child says something about the new girlfriend, you're like, Oh, interesting. There's another <laughs> cookie.
0: <laughs> tell me more. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. They can tell, Oh, that, that made mom happy. Like, yeah. okay. I get, I get a little payout here when I say things. Yeah. Um, so to me, it's just sort of like a landmine, there's landmines, right? So, I would just kind of avoid it. Yeah. yeah.
0: And um, we talked a little bit about this before we started recording, just when we were doing some prep. But if your intention is to be a supportive parent, then mm-hmm. that's what your focus should be on mm-hmm. being a mindful, present and positive parent and working like shifting your focus from what's going on over there to what's going on in your house yeah. and what are you doing to ensure that lines of communication are, are open so right. that your child can come to you with any problem that right. they have, whether it's like a problem with a friend at school or yeah. what's going on. Um, I think that's where your focus should be um because we were, when we were talking about this earlier as well i used the example of like picking my daughter up from daycare and when she gets into the truck and i hammer her with questions she's she kind of shuts down yeah um so that's not really the appropriate time or place to have those conversations right. so yeah. yeah yeah so that's my. those are our thoughts yeah, on that right I
1: avoid it <laughs> yeah don't
0: yeah so to answer your question yeah don't don't Just do don't that do yeah <laughs> yeah um And then also, I think we should maybe just have a disclaimer here too if you've been doing some of these things because I I got a lot of messages that sounded like this oh my gosh i've been asking them, it was it wasn't with you know this. um, Malicious Malicious intent. yeah yeah yeah. and i'm worried now i've completely effed up my kid you have not okay yeah you're okay but now that we know maybe you're going to make slightly different choices moving forward and that's just going to strengthen the relationship you have with them so and
1: i mean the interesting thing in that situation is you might kind of see like when when you stop asking does your child kind of breathe a little easier right yeah like that's a great point you might see some positive um, changes
0: yep 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 for sure um okay so second question this person said so it's never appropriate to say you miss them I kind of get it but feels weird, though, because in one of the yeah. posts I had said something to not say is I missed you so much, yeah. so I think. It may depend on how you're saying it, how often you're saying saying it, but as a rule of thumb, I would avoid it, and I yeah. think you can. Um, convey the same feelings of caring for your child and being happy when they're in your presence by maybe switching it to, I'm really happy to see you.
1: Right. I'm so right.
0: glad to see you.
1: And maybe let's just backtrack a little that the, the problem where it yeah, can be sorry. problematic of seeing that you missed them is that then they're worried, you know, about you while they're gone. We yeah. use an example of going to dad's house, but mm-hmm. so we're moms. So, yeah. You know, <laughs> Oh, mom is sitting at home, you know, upset and sad, or I shouldn't go for the three day weekend this time. Yeah. Maybe I'll tell dad, I only want to go for two days. Yeah. And yeah, so that's why. Um, and we just absolutely know from studies that kids worry about and feel often in divorce that they need to become a caretaker of their parents. So Yeah,
0: I was reading something the other day, I forget um, where I found this, but basically it was saying that kids are pretty egocentric. Like they Mm. think that most things are about them or because of them. So that's why they adopt that belief of like, it's my responsibility, or this is my mom or dad, or they're sad because of me. So,
1: and I think through the eyes of, you know, I don't know, I think of my own kids, probably up until at least eight ish years old, they, they, and especially the, the much younger ones, they don't know what your adult life is like so they yeah i think they do picture if you're saying oh i miss you so much they're literally mm-hmm. picturing you crying on the couch the entire yeah. time Yeah. Really gone right you're just wailing in tears the whole <laughs> they don't know well he has friends i'm gonna yeah so um yeah what they're picturing in their head especially i could think of you know a little three year old, mm-hmm. if they can visibly see you upset and yeah waving goodbye i'm gonna miss you that's actually pretty traumatizing oh
0: 100 yeah. percent. yeah yeah um and if you are spending like if you're a new co-parent <laughs> and you are spending the time crying and watching netflix that is okay, <laughs> that's, that's okay it's just yeah, don't it put happens. that on your kid right. please <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah
0: yeah um okay so the we we had a a bunch of other questions but i think we're gonna save those for another time and just wrap up with um, a tool that I learned recently. And it's a template basically for how to respond to your child when they repeat something that the other parent has said about you. So an accusation or just like general bad mouthing. Yep.
1: Good.
0: Is that okay? Yeah, we'll jump into I think that. We should,
1: yeah. Really, I like how practical this is Yes. often it's it's so complicated, and often as parents, yeah, we get stuck in that moment. I think, okay, well, what
0: what do I say now? <laughs> yeah, and and because you're, I think most people would just be uh, their their natural response would be to go into de- the defensive yeah. zone, right? Like, yeah. I, how could you say that? That's not true. How yeah. could you believe this about me? Um, or they are immediately critical of the other parent right and again like they may not they this is they may say things that they wouldn't have ever said under different circumstances but because they're so emotionally kind of like caught off guard and upset they're gonna throw daggers which is not good again okay so this is also from um co-parenting with a toxic accent i'm just gonna link this book in the show notes so that people can read it if they want to learn mm-hmm. more about this, but these are the five steps. So, um, number one, she says to, uh, approach the situation with gratitude. Mm. So I, I didn't know where she was going with this yeah, when she like, said oh. it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you want to thank your child for what they've said and you have to be really genuine with your intention and your energy level is supposed to be high and it's oh. supposed to be three to five sentence, 10 sentences of gratitude so thank you for sharing this with me thank you for being so honest um you know it's really easy to talk about somebody behind their back but it's not so easy to address something one-on-one so i really appreciate you being courageous and being honest with me about how you feel and if that is difficult to take in which it was difficult for me to hear that um that's okay but the an example that she gave or a reason why and um or a different way to kind of put this into perspective is if your kid is like who do you want your kid to complain to you about your ex or to you right so that's why like um approaching it with gratitude is showing them that it's okay to come to me yeah. with this stuff. Yeah. Um, hopefully this is kind of like a one off or something that's maybe just happening in the beginning of the divorce when it's super contentious. But if it continues, you definitely want your child to come to you and not just be bashing you with your ex or telling a teacher or somebody right. else, right? Where it could right. really affect
1: well, and, and great groundwork with your kids anyway, so that, you mm-hmm. know, not just about the acts. Right. But then these are kids who are going to come to you with issues when they're teenagers yeah. Or friend, like any other issues. Right. So I mean, win, win that you're setting that. Um,
0: yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know about you, but I grew up always worried about missteps like and and i was i was fearful of my parents um which i think that's kind of old school parenting Mm -hmm. now in a way. So um, not that you should be super permissive, but.
1: No, but it's, yeah, when you think about it, yeah, at the end of the day, and I've done it with my own kids where, you know, they'll tell you something and it makes you really mad. I'm like, how, why did you do that? But then it's like, okay, but they told me is the important part, right? So it is kind of hard to be like, you can come to be with anything. And the second they do, they get nailed (laughs) for it. So yeah. Yeah, if you can think of the wider picture, that like super sex to have to be saying that when you've just been completely like lied about 100%. By your sex, but in the bigger context of that you want your kids to come to you with anything, I think
0: yeah it's helpful and so i think that's a great point and in talking about like using this template if you do find that in the moment hearing that you're like i i can't say what i need to say right now because right. i'm upset i do think it's okay to say listen i really want to talk to you about this yeah. but i need to just take a ten minute timeout. Yeah, let's go watch TV for ten minutes, yep. and then we'll come back and sit down and talk about this. Like I think that's perfectly. I think it's great. Fine.
1: And because again, you would want your child to do that behavior. Yeah. Right. Like I'm always telling my own kids, you know, take a timeout. What do you need to do? Ask for what you need. So. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So then, step number two is to approach it with compassion. So basically, you're focusing away from the comment and towards how your child is feeling. So you're looking at um, maybe their facial expression or their body language. I can see how angry you are. I can see it on your face right now, or you're wow, you're clenching your fists. I can see that you're really frustrated or your eyes are tearing up. I can, I'm can, i sensing that you're really upset about this. Yeah. Um, and, again three to five sentences so your child is basically feeling seen and also starts to feel like their feelings are are validated
1: well that's the part i love right that you're Mm -hmm. not even if like you know behind the scenes this kid is mad about a lie oh yeah yeah but it's like they're still mad like Mm -hmm. the the anger or the tears are a hundred percent real like their feeling is real so yeah for sure you wouldn't want to um we were talking about how that's actually gaslighting right Uh, oh yeah if you're just minimizing it
0: Mm -hmm. even if it's unintentional and i like if you think about your relationship with your partner or a family member or friend and you say to them I'm really upset because I feel like when you do this, like you're disrespecting mm-hmm. me and you're the other person says well that's not true like how could you think that I actually do the complete opposite you're not upset yeah, yeah that yeah. it's the same kind of thing like you're it not is. really going to come to a resolution because you're either going to shut down and just feels shitty. um, Or you're going to get into an argument and say, well, no, like, my feelings are valid. Right? Yeah, <laughs> so, no, I
1: really like that. Yeah.
0: um, Okay, number three, empathy. So this is where you put yourself in your child's shoes, but you have to be really careful to not bad mouth back. So you don't want to say something like, I can understand how upset you are because you know your mom used to do this to me when we were married all the time that is not.
1: (laughs) That is not right
0: don't do that so instead um, you're putting yourself in them shoes in in them shoes in their shoes (laughs) by saying something like hey you know if i was an eight-year-old and i was hearing this stuff from one my one parent about my other parent i'd be really frustrated and confused too yeah that's
1: confusing yeah
0: yeah i love that yeah um so again maybe like three to five sentences and your energy is high number four this is where your energy is going to shift a little bit so this is where you're going to go from high energy to more neutral tone and she says this is where you do your minor correction and that means that you're asserting the truth
1: Mm -hmm.
0: so that would be that did not actually happen right Um, if it is true what happened and the other parent is just maybe ramping it up then it's you're it's still going to be just a minor like brief correction. Where, oh, okay. Yep. I did do that when you were two or I, right. I did make that mistake. Right. Um but you're going to say it really neutrally. Uh and then the third option would be that it's maybe something more objective like if if they're saying I don't know, making some accusation about like you always make me you know soup and I hate soup and and it's like maybe the other parent has kind of I don't know twisted 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 it a little bit there then you would just say okay well I I thought that you did like soup right and so I thought this yeah yeah and then move forward. And then the last piece is to wrap it up with more compassion or empathy. So that's just your number two and number three. Um, And then, so you would say something like, I can understand, um, so let me tie these two together. That actually didn't happen, but I can understand why you would be feeling this way. Um, or, you know, how you, how you thought that that happened based off of what you were told. So I understand where you're coming from.
1: Right. Right.
0: And yeah, there's your, there's your five
1: steps. I love how, I love how practical that is. First of all, but how I can, you can just see with each of those steps, how it is. So child centered, right. How you're just taking them out of the equation and Mm -hmm. validating, their feelings and um, the fact that they came to you, like it is very validating all the points she has there.
0: Yeah. And then depending on the age of your child and what the topic is, mm-hmm. your conversation may not be able to end right there. Right. Like the, I think the hope is that if there's more to discuss, this kind of lays the groundwork to then have Got further it. discussion where you're helping them problem solve and figure out what their next steps are because i got a lot of messages where they had done a similar strategy and then they're like but you know then my kid's asking me so well what do i do like should i go confront the other parent and they're not really sure what to say and the parent doesn't want to say yeah you need to go back and tell them what's what so this yeah so this kind of like takes everyone's guard down makes everybody feel a little bit more comfortable about speaking and then also managing their emotions so that the child's in a better position to problem solve. Right. Um. So, yeah. And I think that probably requires another episode as yeah, well. But, then it,
1: yeah. It becomes so dependent on their age and, yeah. and what the situation is with the other parent, what the relationship is, how much time they're spending with them. Mm-hmm. Um. It would all depend. Yeah. But I think that's yeah. a great place to start. hmm
0: yeah so i'll link um that book even if you're not in a super duper high conflict situation i would recommend checking out this author's uh, her other works because she has some other books as well uh and on her website she has some other tips and tools like this too so um that would be applicable to you
1: know other parents Mm -hmm. perfect okay yeah we'll keep this as an ongoing Uh, topic yeah get some information people can still be posting online about it and then we can yeah have some other episodes
0: okay great well thank thank you. you for listening and we'll see you next time thank you